You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, are you happier than a Bucks fan right now? Yes, because I'm going for the Suns in this series. So, uh, yes, I am happier. Yeah, um, we'll get into that later. We have Jewel Graham from Gimme a Buck podcast coming on later in the pod. Um, and, and he's going to kind of talk about where the Bucks are at. Obviously, they're down two to zero, so life's not good. Um, kind of where Giannis is at and then like what the future might hold if um, if you lose a series, you know, four to one or, you know, God forbid you get swept. So um, that'll be a good conversation later in the podcast. Um, for us, we're going to go through the upcoming free agents for the Timberwolves as promised. There's only three and, and like Gerson Rosas, like, man, again, like I love the pre-draft banter where we hang on to every word that every GM says where, but if you actually like, hey, hold, try- on, hold on, let, let, let me guess. He's I did. Cause I didn't see, did okay. he say something along the lines of, well, we're going to be really active and we're always going to look for opportunities to improve the team. Um, probably through trades is our most likely Avenue right yeah, now. That's what he said. <laughs> that's what every GM says every year, because this is the time when you make trades. <laughs> Yeah, that's nope. That's exactly what he said. You're like, we're um, not going to do nothing. Okay, great. And we're going to be very active, even though we're limited, and we're going to look for all options right. and nothing's right. and it's nothing's yeah. off the table. Yeah, you're like ah, like, and, but then everybody falls for it. Everybody's like, oh, Wolves fans are talking, or the Wolves are talking about trades. The that's, Wolves are getting LeBron. I said, well, that's what they, that's what he says, and like not just him, but that's what every oh, GM says. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Um, the, the Timberwolves don't have much cap room. Um, we can go through like later, like where they're at and um, everything. I'm not sure which of the uh, like exceptions they, they have, um, whether it's the non-taxpayer mid-level, which like gives them about 9.2 or the biannual. Um, but I mean, either way, you're not getting like a, probably a very good player in free agency if you're getting them. Um, but they do have three players that are probably on their way out. Let's go through each one. Um, the first is my favorite, and that's Jordan McLaughlin. Um, he's got a qualifying offer that he could that he could take um, for one point four million. I I really doubt he would. Um, and then the year after that, he becomes a restricted free agent. It's not to say that one point four million dollars is not a lot. It's just saying that in a backcourt that already has Rubio, Russell, Edwards, um, Beasley. Um, you know, it, 
And then, you know, if Balmero can handle the ball too, it's like, there's just so many guys that, that have that, that, um, can, can run the offense through. Um, and the fact that Jordan McLaughlin, like he was my guy in 2019, uh, 20, um, eight points four four assists, uh, two rebounds, one steal per game. His, his stats actually not that unsimilar in, in, in the previous year, um, or in, in this season, uh, five points, four rebound or four assists, two, re- two rebounds, one steal. Um, you know, in, in his rookie year, he shot 49% from the field and 38% from the three point line last year, 41% from the field and 36% from the three point line. Um, I, I, I mean, I just really think that, and, and we touched on this when we closed last podcast and I'm not sure what the deal looks like for him, but like, like a three year, like 6 million or three year, 9 million. That's going to say a, three, nine makes a yeah, lot of sense for a team needing a, like, you know, like a backup point guard that's going to play 15 minutes a game. And maybe they have, they already have a backup point guard and they want to bring in somebody else. Like make magic. The, yeah. Yeah the, yeah. the more that I watch someone like campaign, the way he can wiggle around and just get to his spots. That seems like something Jordan McLaughlin can do. And like, let's remember like campaign was completely lost in the league for the last five years. Like yeah. nobody knew like, yeah, he was a former first round pick, but like he's cut, he was cut by the Raptors. He was cut by the bulls. Like I think he was playing overseas. Um, and McLaughlin's rise to where he is now is somewhat unusual. He played at USC undrafted played for the nets, um, and, and their G league team. And then Pablo Prigioni comes over, says, Hey Gerson, this is a good guy. And actually from the conversations I had with Scott Layden, Scott Layden's actually was, was super interested in bringing McLaughlin over totally. before, before the, the Rosas um, regime started. Uh, and then McLaughlin comes over and uh, he, you know, he lights it up at summer league in Vegas. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, what is this five foot nine guy doing? Um, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, this guy's really, really good, but is he good because of summer league? Is he, or is he good because he's good? And then he starts the G league season and he's really good for the Iowa wolves. And then he gets brought up to the Timberwolves and it's a nightmare right away. He is falling all over the place. You can tell he's just totally undersized. He doesn't really quite know how to fit in. Um, and then I, if I remember right, he ended up getting sent back down to uh, the G league. And then he comes back up again um, you know, after like an array of injuries to the Timberwolves and he absolutely crushes it. Um, I think there was like a 13 or 14 game stretch right before the end of the season. Um, let me see if I can find that here, but where, where you were like, wait, like, uh, you know, like what's, what's going on here? Um, yeah. let's, let's look. This I mean, it's up. definitely so capable, from- right? Like that's never been. The question, it's just kind of like, where's the opportunity? And I think you're right. It's probably not with the Timberwolves. And that, that's where if I were him, I'd be like, well, no, thanks, but no thanks. Because he, he did kind of already get screwed this year by like the two-way restrictions. Um, yeah, there. I mean, a 13-game thir- stretch in 2019-20 where he averaged 11.6 assists, two rebounds, two steals, and shot 56% from the field and 44% from the three-point line. Um and for a guy playing like backup minutes, granted, I think those minutes uh, were, you know, 22 per game. So if you, if you think he's probably playing, you know, four or five less minutes per game, but um, I really like him. And I hope, I hope he doesn't go to a team like Orlando because like th- there's an opportunity. My hope is that, th- that there's a team that 
like is kind of like the Suns, where there's there's an opportunity for a good team. Um, and you know, like unless Rubio gets traded somehow and it opens up a spot behind Russell, um, I just I, I just don't think it's in Minnesota. Um, you know so, where it'd be kind of good. Tell me the Bucks. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, right. Like, uh, yeah, um, yeah. The, the Bucks. I mean, another th- team that comes. I mean, like, like I think of like that Jalen Brunson fit in in Dallas, mm-hmm. and that that would kind of be perfect. So, um, hopefully, he ends up somewhere somewhere decent. I'm almost rooting for him not to be back with the Wolves, even though I am I am a huge fan. Um, all right, next guy, Ed Davis. Um, you may remember the Timberwolves got Ed Davis for a second round pick last year. Um, I think everybody was like, again, it's like the free agent, um, prayed. We, we kind of throw every player and they're like, oh my gosh, Damian Lillard loves Ed Davis and says he's the best teammate ever. And, um, there is something to be said about having good teammates. Um, I, I do think that's true. I would be a good teammate if you'd let me, um, <laughs> I was surprised be- that Ed Davis wasn't a little better though. Or that he didn't play more. Like, did he even ever play? He he only played 23 games. Um, 23 I'm, games, yeah, two I'm points, five rebounds. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was – I don't want to call it – like, it's not a failure because um, we only traded a second-round pick for him, I guess. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, he, he, I can't imagine he'll be back. Um the thing is, the wolves need the thing. The, the the wolves need some depth at the the four and five, right? Um, which I would think would be a priority in the off season. And maybe you bring back Davis because maybe he was well liked in the off season. But if you're Davis, maybe you say, "Wait, these things were all true last year." Yeah, um, and he's not resigning. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I, I don't know. I was surprised that he didn't get a little bit more run, considering how much the wolves needed bigs. I don't know if it was just like. I never could. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. We never could tell the entire season if the Wolves were trying to win or if they were prioritizing development. And I'm not saying that like playing Ed Davis all of a sudden you're like a 50 win team or something. But I don't know. There is like okay, maybe you're just gonna stick to playing your young guys. Well, Don, and you're right though. That that, that brings us to like our next guy too. Um, and we'll get into him shortly. But I mean, I guess I get the Ed Davis thing where like when like you have Nas Reed who you want to get a bunch of minutes to. Yeah. Like you gave this contract to Wancho Hernan Gomez um, who, yeah. who actually who actually just dislocated his uh, shoulder it sounds like he's out for the Olympics yeah. um so yeah and then it brings us to Jared Vanderbilt now Jared Vanderbilt is an interesting story as well he uh is like wildly hailed out of uh out of high school um like the 13th guy in his class and he ends up uh going to Kentucky where I don't think he gets much run there. Um, like it's, it's not like the Kentucky story of like the Devin Booker and the mm-hmm. Carl Anthony towns. Um, and he ends up falling to the second round where like, he's a guy that probably if he comes right out of high school, he's probably like a, a mid first round pick. Obviously he, he couldn't do that. So he falls and he ends up going to the Orlando magic who he gets traded then to the Denver nuggets. And um, I mean, he's, essentially just a throw in trade in the Malik Beasley deal, because in the first uh, two seasons in Denver, he plays 26 games. Um, and then in his first season in Minnesota, which, uh, well, you know, it was, which was such a goofy end of the season, um, he ends up playing two games. So everybody's kind of like, well, who is Jared Vanderbilt? And 
I think you're probably leaning towards more. He feels more like Amari Spellman, Jacob Evans uh, to the Wolves than he does a player that can actually play. But then, and this is where I actually, I like Jared Vanderbilt's a lot. And if, if he did come back, given the Wolves depth, I wouldn't be like totally upset depending on what the deal is for. No. Because, because what Jared Vanderbilt does so well is he tries and <laughs> like, yep, it's going to result in him missing wide open layups. Like it's kind of like the Josh Akogi syndrome um, yeah. where he he's, tries so hard. He's like hustling so much that sometimes he's just spiking the ball off the back of the rim. Like, I feel like it was 45 times this year. I watched uh, Vanderbilt steal a ball at half court and like, just pick a pass, but then you'd come down and like miss the layup or dunk. Yep. Um, and I, I can say that officially we're going to retire the nickname V8, which shouldn't have ever been a thing. Um, sorry, Jim yeah. Peterson and Dave Benz, but that was, a, that was not a great nickname. You guys give a lot of good ones. That was, that was not so good. Um, but yeah, Jared Vanderbilt last year, he ends up playing, um, 64 games. He averages 5.6 rebounds, um, in, in two assists, one block in 64, uh, 64 games, 18 minutes per game. Um, no three point shot really to, to, you know, even consider with him, which, um, you know, th- th- it, it is what it is, but for a guy, I mean, like if he's your backup power forward, I'm again, you know, with, with, uh, just natural progression, he's going to be 22 years old. Um, I don't mind that. I like, I think that's fine. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, he has the qualifying offer and he's a res- restricted free agent. So, the Wolves can, it's kind of up to them. If another team comes in and says, uh, we're going to offer him X money, the Wolves probably don't match. But if, if it's the Wolves giving a, either a qualifying offer or they're able to lowball him and promise him a role, um, you know, he could. I don't think that. he's getting much attention. No. And, you know, you, you and I have talked about this too. Um, it's also one of those things where you probably overrate some of your own guys because if yeah. you think if you're like, oh man, but Jordan McLaughlin could be a backup point guard somewhere and, and Jared Vanderbilt could be a like you know, a rotational big man. And it's like, okay, but then the rest of the guys are Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Malik Beasley, all guys that we like. Mm-hmm. So why is then why isn't this team just better? And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh wait, because maybe those guys aren't very good um collectively yeah. like maybe maybe it's just because like maybe jared vanderbilt played 17 minutes a game and averaged those stats because literally there's nobody else that could right so yeah. that's always like the well, argument always happens on bad teams right it's, it's like there's there's some guys that kind of stand out in losses and then you have to watch out for the trap of being like oh those guys are really good yeah because yeah you're right they weren't i mean they if 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 jared, jared vanderbilt was like great the Wolves would have won more games. <laughs> yeah, and and for these guys collectively. Um, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's Jared Vanderbilt's fault that the Wolves were bad. But, yeah, there is there is that trap. You're totally right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the good news for the Wolves in free agency, they're not losing a big name. Um, if all three of these guys walk, the, the team will survive, and um, it'll kind of be business as usual. But just interesting guys to watch. Um, I can't imagine any yeah. of them will will be on like the like Woj's radar. Um like you're probably not gonna see him in a Woj bomb. But oh um, you might. I mean I don't know if it'll be a bomb. It'll yeah it'll be like a very subtle Woj, uh, Woj has a deep bench of contacts. I'm yeah. sure he I'm sure he knows their agents. That's true. Um yeah so uh 
not much of a free agent series, but just, just yeah. the three guys to watch. Um, you know, if I had to rank in order of most likely to be gone, I'd probably say number one, Davis, two McLaughlin, and then three Vanderbilt. You could, yep. you could, that you could see him right. staying and you maybe, maybe you see, you see McLaughlin staying, um, you know, depending on what they can get done in, in restricted free agency. So, yeah. um, we'll see, uh, Julian, have you done any um, free fantasy pools? I've not. I'm telling you, I won another one the other day. I won like thirty cents on DraftKings, and it's it's they're they're free, and they make you feel kind of smart because you can see how well you do compared to other people. So um, I would go I would go do them. Okay, I'll I'll definitely check it out A- after I after I pump them up on here. Um, one of your, one of your buddies, Andrew texted me and told me that his plan was to get rich off DraftKings pools. It hasn't worked yet. Okay. Well, but well, I haven't heard from him today, so he could have won he maybe. Been a millionaire yeah. starting this morning, uh, you know, after he logged in, checked his DraftKings free pools. I will say ballsy move trying to get rich off something that it's free, but also probably the best way to get rich if you can do it. Right. No startup money. Yeah, it's true. Um, I want to talk about that question you texted me last night. Okay, yeah. Um, let me let me do our quick DraftKings plug. Oh, yeah. Um, plug, plug we, we love DraftKings. Thank you for sponsoring us. Um, I mean, you know the deal. This weekend, it's McGregor. It's Poirier. I'm not a huge UFC, like, fighting guy. A lot of people are. And you know what? Like, chances are if one of my buddies texts me and wants to watch it, I'll just order it because that's kind of the person I am. And then we'll realize, wait, the fight's not on until... 11 p.m. and not 8 p.m. like it says because there's a million other fights before it and I don't really know how fights work. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, but you can create a lineup that night on DraftKings, which is kind of fun. And if you do order it, you can kind of watch and follow along with your guys. Maybe you create multiple lineups. Maybe you hedge all your bets. I don't know what you do. It's up to you. Um, it's super easy. Use the code TBPN. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it helps us. Uh, you know, obviously, I, don't, I hope it helps DraftKings. I hope people are using the code um we think they're great so um yeah tbpn when you sign up uh julian the question i texted you last night um was sorry i didn't know if that was like a a, a nice oh, i can tee it up yeah tee it up so kyle texted me he said well i think the wording of your text was a little confusing but um if you're doing a fantasy draft with the wolves in the nba finals when is cat picked is what you said. But I think what you mean is if we're drafting the but like doing a fantasy draft yep. from the Bucks, the Suns, and the Timberwolves, where does Cat go? And then you said it would go one Giannis, two Chris Paul, three Booker, four Towns. Yeah, I think you could say you could argue. I mean, I, I, I think that's right. I think you could probably put Aiton in there at, at four if, if, like, if you wanted to. And well, then that was Towns- my question. It's like, it w- if you're the Suns and you had an opportunity to switch out Aiton for Cat right now, do you do it? No, because I don't either. And and I, I this might just be horribly underrating Cat, but at the same time, there's there's what Aiton does really fits. Like Aiton's better defender than Cat. He oh, doesn't yeah. need as many touches. And like He's maybe probably a better rim, like roll, rim roller. Rim maybe runner. we're a prisoner of the moment, but I also think that there's something to be said. And I read a really good article about the Hawks and how they built their team. And they weren't necessarily going for all the best players. They were going for players that were complementary to each other. Um, so yes, like if if the trade is like, yeah, we want Aiton for Towns, and you, and you're playing like 2K, right? 
Mm-hmm. The, the ratings would favor towns. Like you'd be like, yeah, towns can do all these things that Aiden can't do. But the thing is, Aiden does all the shit that towns doesn't want to do. Yeah. And yeah, so you're exactly right. Did you um, watch the game last Did you watch the game last I, night? I did, yeah. When when Monty Williams was like talking to Aiden. Yeah. Did you see that? That was very cool. And then Aiden really came in and turned it around. That was some that was a nice little window into some some coaching. I feel like Aiden kind of stepping it up is really what kind of secured that game for the Suns last night. Yeah, I I I think the world of him now. Um, yeah, me too. Like all three of those guys, because it went from like you can only be on Team Luca, you can only be on Team Eight, and you can only be on Team Young. And now it's like you know what? I think all three teams won. Like yeah, especially if Cam Reddish starts to like. You can't tell me the Mavericks would rather have Trey Young and Cam Reddish, um, and you can't tell me the Hawks would rather have Luca. And then you look at the Suns and you goes, I you can't tell me they'd want anybody but Aiton on that team. Yeah, I don't um, think the Suns would be in the finals if Luca was on that team instead of Aiton. No, probably like, not. You know, which sounds crazy to say, but there's something to be said for like team construction. Because so if you're starting a team from scratch, you would rather have Cat than you would Aiton. Yes. You know, but if you are the Suns and you have what the Suns have, I don't think you want Cat. Well, I was listening to. Well, I don't think the Wolves would want Aiton for Cat either. So <laughs> this is a. No, it's true, but I mean, like that 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 that's going to be the talk though this summer is I think. Um, there's been like some center rankings on Twitter from writers and, um, I saw Bill Simmons put out like his top 20 players right now. Oh, great. We, we all care. Um, but I listen still, uh, but, um, like all, you know, basically some of these rankings on Twitters, uh, or on Twitter, on Twitters, what am I? 95 years old. Um, <laughs> were basically, you know, Jokic and Bead, Gobert, Bam, Aiton. And everybody's like, where the fuck is Towns? And yeah. It's like, well, sorry, those guys have, have all won. And I'm not I'm not saying that I would take Bam over Towns, like, skill level. But, you know, I, I had a conversation last night when I was watching the game with a buddy. And I was just saying how it, like, how Towns didn't do himself any favors in that Rocket series because he looked like absolute balls. Like, he was so trash. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, I get and I don't, it's not coming from like his camp and all the people that are like, man, we, we just underrate cat. And it's like, yeah, but like in the, in his first playoffs ever, Deandre Ayton is like the most efficient human that's ever played the game. Yeah. And you could make the argument. Well, yeah, if Carl had Chris Paul, he'd be good too, but sure. But like that didn't happen. And he got absolutely owned by Clint Capella. So like until Carl proves that he can play big minutes in the, NBA finals. I'm sorry to me. He's like in that total, like DeMarcus cousins category of like, wow, fun stats. Um, Cause I mean, look at, if you look at cousins stats early in his career, it's like, those were his numbers. You go, we have fun stats. Can't win. Like, like talk to me when he does, because otherwise like I'm going to rate all these guys higher because they're playing meaningful games. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I completely understand that argument. I, I think that Cat's skill level is still higher than several of those guys, and I think he's better than Demarcus Cousins was. But I get it. I mean, I like it. There's that's the thing. There's no there. There isn't really a good argument against what you're saying because it's true. Cat has not been able to get his team to win, um, and you can look at all of the other kind of guys around him. But look who Jokic has around him. You know, like Aaron Gordon is probably the second best player on that team right now. Jamal Murray hurt. They still made the second round of the playoffs. 
I know. You know that at some point the excuses stop. And I know I don't know I know I don't have to convince you of this, but it's like kind of aging Jimmy Butler, you know, should not be a better supporting cast than supposedly what the kind of what the wolves are trying to do. And if Cat was really that much better than Bam, I don't know. There's obviously a lot more than just like there's like team culture and coaching and all of the yeah. stuff that is working against Cat. Um but if you think it, but if you think you're the able to be the best player on a championship team on a even on a playoff team, you, you gotta the team's gotta be better. So I I uh, yeah, there's at some at some point it just doesn't really matter what the excuse is. So I'm I'm with you. It's tough. Isn't there something to be said though that these teams that where like somebody like Bam shines and somebody like um, Aiton shines, where their culture you know, maybe wasn't great before, but then it had to take a Jimmy Butler to come in and change it. And it had totally. to take a Chris yep. Paul to change it. And I don't necessarily think that's like a huge knock on Carl. Cause it's, I think it's harder to fix something when you're inside of it than, you know, when you're coming in, but I do think there's something like there, there probably is some blame internally for like why the culture is, why the culture well. is like that. And I'm not saying that that is like, all on towns shoulders that's been for the last 30 years i mean i think jimmy fucked up the culture in, in the in the in, with the wolves i know that like he was a good fit with the heat but like i don't know i don't think i don't think jimmy was was like helpful to the wolves culture i don't think jimmy helped cat no the same way that he's like helping bam no no i think you're right no because i mean he did blow it up right like he completely sabotaged that whole situation yes but also I think if Carl and Andrew would have had attitudes similar to Bam and right. Aiden, where instead of being very, I think they were very combative of, nope, this is actually how I play. Thanks. Like I'm, mm. I'm good. I've been a like number one recruit my whole life. Um, no, thank you, Jimmy Butler. And I think that was how the relationship started. And then it got so rocky where Jimmy is, while he, I think he is a very good player and he can turn, bad teams into good ones. He is a very immature person. Um, and I think that he did all these weird things that he thought was being a leader. And then it, and then towns and, and Wiggins are also like, I won't call them as much immature as I will just young people because, and then I think they were sensitive and, and some of that stuff didn't hit him right. And then the relationship is ruined. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm we, with you. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I, I could go either way. I mean, you're going to see a lot of those center rankings, though, going into next year, and then it'll be the first month of next year, and Towns will light it up, and we'll all be like, see, this is how good Towns is. But then and watch, you... what's going to happen? The Wolves are going to win four games. The Wolves might win, like, their first four games. And then the Wolves social media is going to do that thing where they do, like, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase. You yeah. know, like, with, like, the headers, that's, like, Who's Towns a bad is the, team? Like, Towns is the 10th best center in the league. And then, and then uh, in March... Another team will quote tweet that when the Wolves are 17 and 40 or whatever. When Aiden puts up like a 30 30 on pounds. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Um, all, right. all right. Well, uh, we have our interview here with uh, Jewel Graham. For those on YouTube, you won't be able to see it. Um, go head over to uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, where we get your podcast, and you can listen to that interview. Yeah. We just talk about uh, where the Bucks are, what's up next, um, what happens if they lose. And it, how they win, maybe how they win from being down 2 0. So, um, we're excited for that. But, Julian, you have a super duper weekend. Um, Me too. 
thanks to our uh, good friends at, at three star sports cards. Obviously if you, if you need cards, go, go see them. Um, we're only supposed to give them one shot every week, but I, we just like them so much. That yeah, I think we might be uh, opening some more cards at some point in the future. We are. Yeah. Maybe Sunday. Yeah. Um, maybe, Let's maybe on, on Sunday we'll do a, we'll do a live. Um, but yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And we are joined by a very special guest. Um, again, I wish it was under better circumstances. Um, I don't know if I'd be joining this podcast if I were you. Um, <laughs> Joel Graham from Give Me a Buck Podcast. Um, how you doing, man? You, you hanging in there? Uh, yeah, we're hanging in there. Um, we've been here before, down 0-2 against the Nets. Um, so I'm hanging in there right now. I'm hanging in there. Do you feel like more optimistic than you did when you were down 0-2 against the Nets or less optimistic? Um, I'm a little more optimistic, honestly. And, um, part of the reason is because I'm biased (laughs) (laughs) and some of it is because we've been here before. Um, I've learned to never doubt this team in the, in the playoffs this postseason, even if, you know, we're playing bad. So, um, I'm still optimistic that we can take this to seven games just like the nets like i i I can't think of a team that has had such a weird i mean obviously the postseason has been kind of weird for everybody but like two weeks ago we were talking about how like boonholzer is going to lose his job and like do the bucks like what do you do um will Giannis ever get the chance to be in the finals and now like here we are and like whatever the series record you know like if, if the bucks win the next game, you know, you know, it's who knows, but it's, it's just like so crazy how much has changed in like two weeks where all these things were certain, like there was like rumors of like Rick Carl Carlisle might wait to see if the Bucks job is open and yeah. then you win the, the, that net series. And then, and then like you, you, you beat the Hawks and here you are, has it just been like crazy trying to follow the team as a fan over the last three weeks of just like the roller coasters? Yeah, Bucks, the Bucks are they're they're a roller coaster team because our range is from we can look like a lottery team and then we can look like a championship team. So the thing with the Bucks is you really don't know what Bucks team you're gonna get. And at times it is very frustrating. Um, and that's due to I mean, we had a Giannis injury that mm-hmm. happened that we're like he's out for the season, you know? So those couple days is just like, is he out for the season? Is he going to play? So it's definitely been a roller coaster. Um, But the thing with this Bucks team, like I was saying earlier, you just don't know who's going to show up. Like Chris Middleton, you don't know if he's going to play well. Can he play well? Yeah. Yeah. Drew Holiday now. Can he play well? Absolutely. But, you really don't know what Bucks team you're gonna get, so I think that's that's the emotional roller coaster that that the Bucks give us, man. And it's it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm still in it for the for the ride. So yeah, so I mean, you talked about how you're maybe more optimistic than you were um, against the Nets, which like I I understand because the Nets like complete powerhouse. You're not sure like injuries. Um, but 
you know, credit where credit is due. You, you still have to play the team that's an, ahead of you and, and, and the Bucks won. So right. now you go to the Sun Series. Now, why are you like, I think you can point to a million reasons why Bucks fans should be worried. And like the, the lead is you're down 0-2 and, and some of the stars haven't played well. But after watching the first two games, why, what, what makes you optimistic about what you've seen or maybe what you haven't seen? Yeah. So, I mean, the sun shot lights out. I mean, can they do that for the rest of the series? Maybe, but I mean, I just don't see the Suns shooting lights out like they have been uh, shooting. Like they shot 50% from the field and 50% from three. They hit eight three pointers in the first quarter. Can they continue to do that? I I just don't, I don't see it. Um, And Another thing is our two Drew Holiday and and Chris Middleton has been downright awful these first two games. And I would make a bet that they're not going to stay down and play this bad for the whole series. Now, if they do, we I mean, obviously, we got a big problem. But there's a stat that Chris Middleton, he only averages like. 19 or 18 points the first two games of the series and then after game three he averages like 27 so I don't know what it is with Chris Middleton but we don't get the real Chris Middleton until game three um and uh with Drew I I, I'm not really worried about Drew he's had a two he had two rough games um but I think he'll turn it around and I just don't think that the Suns will shoot this well again and I don't think that like I don't think it's sustainable and I don't think that Drew and Chris will be as bad as they were um in in the first two games so that's why I'm pretty much optimistic about it yeah and we've been down 0-2 before so I, I think that like you like going through that experiencing being down before like this isn't foreign territory for us. So that's why I would probably say, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty optimistic. And, and yeah, if Milwaukee wins game three, suddenly you're, you're down one to two. And after three games, one team has to be down, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I think that's, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Now bring me along the Drew holiday journey. So obviously the bucks trade, um, I think what could be up to four first round picks and that looks like a lot, but when you look at where the bucks have drafted and maybe where they will draft it, it probably is, isn't as significant, but um, in during his career in new Orleans and prior to that in Philadelphia, it was, he was kind of this guy who was underrated um, to the point where it was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's never made an all-star game. And then he's now in the, in the spotlight where I think maybe some people are like, oh, yeah, like this is about what we expected. Maybe some people are underwhelmed, um, you know, d- depending on which game you watch. But what, what has it been like with him maybe this season and then in the playoffs? And and, and um, I guess when you compare him to Eric Bledsoe or somebody like that, yeah. you know, how important is he for the team? Yeah. So Drew Holiday, um, during the regular season, you know, he was really well, he, he was really good really good during that and you can see like he's gonna help us in the playoffs um now the playoffs has been a little underwhelming um he hasn't 
he hasn't played up to his contract defensively. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think he put on just yesterday. I think he put on one of the best defensive shows I have seen in a long time, like dating back to Tony Allen uh, on the Grizzlies. Um, defensively, I think he's living up to that contract, but offensively he has been underwhelming and um, he just shows like flashes of what we want him to be. Um, he's, uh, there's a joke. One of, one of my buddies on what the buck podcast, he, he calls drew holiday, the, the, the Chris Middleton of the point guard, you know? <laughs> so, so like, it's just inconsistent. Like you can get drew that has 33 points and 12 assists, but then you can get drew that has seven points, you know? So it's, it's, it's inconsistency and, it is a bit frustrating at sometimes, but it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, Drew is bad offensively, but he's really good defensively. So that's kind of how that's kind of how we rationalize right now. Um, but the journey has been offensively, it's been a little underwhelming um, because I saw another stat too that during the games that we played, I think he's shot over 40% or under 40% more times than he shot over 40% this, this postseason. So that's, that's not good. And yeah, we compare him to Eric Bledsoe a lot because Eric Bledsoe was bad (laughs) for us to say the least. He was, he was bad. I like Eric Bledsoe, but he was bad in the postseason. Um, Drew holiday is an upgrade from, um, Eric Bledsoe but again offensively I think they're kind of walking that same that same rope uh but defensively Drew is out of this world so yeah the journey has 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 been good and bad defensively amazing offensively mm, not so much but but it's one of those things where if the Bucks were to win a championship almost regardless of how drew holiday plays and if they do win a championship you you'd imagine he'd be a big part of that um yeah. then the trade's worth it no matter what you give up so mm-hmm. um you know that's 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 kind of how you justify it now um you know like i, I don't want to get get negative here and put you um in a in a bad place the rest of the day but let's say <laughs> yeah. let's say the bucks lose this series yeah. um and depending on if it's, uh, you, you know, we can go through every scenario, whether it's a sweep, sure. whether it's in five games or, you know, six or seven games, um, you know, you still have Giannis, who is arguably the best player in the game and sure. who's only getting better. Um, and then the rest of the roster, I think there, there are probably some question marks. What's next for Milwaukee if you're not able to, to win the finals, given how, competitive the East looks to be and, you know, with so many question marks um, surrounding Giannis. Yeah. So if it, I, I think it depends if, if Drew and Chris continue to play this way and we lose, I think that you have to make a move with Budenholzer. I think Budenholzer has to be out the door. Now, honestly, I just have to be honest, whether, whether Budenholzer wins or loses, I think he should be out the door. Mm -hmm. I think Bud is that 
bad to where he doesn't make in-game adjustments. He waits till after the game to make the adjustments. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's the difference between a great coach and a good coach. Um, but if Drew and, and Chris continue to play this bad, I think you um, you package them up and you try to get um, somebody for them. Uh, I think you go and get, I mean, Chris has been here eight years. I mean, and, and, you know, that's a long time. That's a long time. Um, But I think you package Chris and Drew and you try to get um, a more consistent star Um, like a Damian Lillard. I hear that they have some problems over there. Um, with uh, Dame being being upset with uh, Portland, you know. Um, so I think you package either Chris and someone else, or I'm okay with if they're still playing this bad. Mm-hmm. Sending Chris and Drew. If if Dame is on the other side, I would say yes. But if it's any other person like a Steph Curry, absolutely. But I don't think that you're gonna get that kind of consistent score for those two but um yeah definitely if they continue to play this bad i'm i think you got to ship them out man a lot of question marks and 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 i think hopefully uh anybody that's not a phoenix suns fan i think we're all hoping for a milwaukee game three win simply to 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 make it a little more competitive and um if the playoffs have kind of showed us anything it's it's that um that probably will happen because these playoffs have been pretty great to watch um so far uh and and i guess for for bucks fans or for not bucks fans i think um i I was just talking to to someone about how fun it is to watch these games and get to know players and and teams like you really haven't before um and people can do that if they listen to your podcast uh (laughs) here's our here's our plug but um give me a buck podcast talk about uh what what you bring um to the podcast how is it different and why should people listen yeah, so we're um, the only podcast that I know of, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know a lot of people on podcasts. Uh, so what we do is we bring a different um, Bucks fan on each episode. So once a week, we drop the episode once a week. Um, and this is something that I don't know anyone else is doing. So from Bucks Twitter, we we grab someone ask them, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And they say yes. So each week we have a different perspective of um, uh, of the Bucks, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, I think is pretty unique. Um, and you you do get a wide range of some people want to keep Bud. Some people want Bud to leave. Some people wanted to trade Middleton uh mid-series in the in the net so i mean you get you get different perspective from you get different perspective from a lot of different bucks twitter because bucks twitter they debate all all day every day but it's fun you know just to get different perspectives and it just brings just brings a different dynamic so i think we do we are a very unique uh podcast bringing a different bucks fan on each week and we we do other podcasts as well like we did the nets podcast um we had those guys on and we talked about our net series 
Um, and just in a few days here, we're going to get together with the Suns podcast and talk about that. So, um, yeah, each week is a different person, a different perspective. Uh, so you never know what you're going to get. Sounds fun. Um, Joelle, uh, you're awesome. Thank you for joining. Uh, everybody go subscribe, uh, download, listen to give me a buck podcast. Um, and probably most importantly, Sunday game three, um, good luck to your squad. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Kyle. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.